Beneath the clothes, we find a man. And beneath the man, we find his nucleus. Hello, everybody, and welcome to A Hispanard, where we ask the question today, does quality matter? You know, it's something I've been thinking a lot about. As I've checked out and reviewed a variety of shows and, and uh, geeked out over things and disliked other things, one of the, one of the um, things that I don't want to fall into or didn't want to fall into is just hating on stuff uh, because it exists, you know. I would rather uh, talk about things that I enjoy. I've mentioned this before, but I do kind of realize part of the problem of that um, statement or trying to trying to uh, run the podcast exclusively that way. While there are many things to love out there and, and many things to talk about, and actually I'm going to talk about one of those things uh, in this podcast, a movie called The Creator, there's... I, I think I think it's it's more than fair and um and should be um uh, you should be you know you should do it as a service to people anybody who listens uh, to talk about things that are not good now th there's a difference between talking about and describing the things that are not good about whatever that is as opposed to just kind of uh you know angrily dunking on something without any uh real good reason or or good explanation rather there's a reason there's always going to be a reason for how anybody feels but if you can't get that across in a way that uh makes your feelings uh understood and known and uh and maybe uh you know can make your position sympathetic then there's kind of then there's no point then you're just you know uh you're a, an unlikable person or you're trying to create just a bunch of drama uh you know to get more viewers or listeners or whatever which you know what's the point of that but uh if there is something that is put out there for consumption for public consumption should you critique it yeah i think in in uh many cases you should as long as you're you're point of view is constructive in some way whether that's you know steering people clear uh saving them a couple of bucks or you know i don't know once something gets to streaming then that's a whole different ball game then it's just a waste of your time and if you want to waste your time then you should be allowed to waste your time i don't recommend it i do too much of that myself but you know there you go um <clears throat> but yeah so i'm in this case, I'm talking about Ahsoka, which was an eight, uh, you know, eight episode run. The show, I, I will just uh, close out the my entire feelings on it right now and say that the show remain started out 
and remained throughout its entire run a slow, you know, plodding, which is what, you know, plodding encompasses that just this slow moving, um, no uh, um, consideration for any new viewers. You know, this entire thing was a, a kind of, you would say, fan service. Uh, because it's basically Rebels, uh, you know, the Rebels was a Star Wars cartoon. I think they debuted, I think, nine years ago. So this was basically Rebel Rebels Season 5. It, and uh, it was treated that way. A lot, or, or rather all, of the live action stuff was filmed and written as if you were writing for animation and uh it did not work and you know one of the things one of the benefits about animation is your writing can be poor it can be not as as tight and sharp now that's not to say that there aren't animated shows that are incredibly well written that, you know, in fact, Batman, the original Batman, the animated series kind of just took it to a whole new level in the way that they treated, you know, that particular medium. Same thing with Pixar. Pixar, you know, did a wonderful job for at least 10 years of, of straddling that line between uh, uh, writing that was targeted towards parents and writing that was targeted towards kids and all around entertainment. So it can definitely be done. It, it has been done uh, at a at a high level. <clears throat> Ahsoka was not it. Uh, so here here's some of the benefits of animation is your writing cannot be as good as it could be and you will be forgiven many sins because the animation will assist and do you know a lot of uh <clears throat> heavy lifting let's say with the action and the impossibility of the physics that are being you know the the physics that are being defied and the y y there's um a motion that you can continue to to have on the characters while they're just standing around doing nothing there's things that can be uh, happening in the background whether it's ships or aliens or whatever moving so there's always this constant uh, information dump that is happening for the viewer so you're never really you, you it's possible to not really ever be bored when you're watching an animated show even if the characters are sitting around talking because the access to the type of technology that can be displayed and the kinds of things that you know that can be displayed it it's something that is not available to live action because live action is so expensive to try to reproduce a lot of that stuff but in animation you know you you are able to just have such a broader palette that you know and tools that again the writing can be okay and you can get away with it Ahsoka was empty for the most part. It was an incredibly empty show.
devoid of life, uh, focused on anywhere between two to, you know, three to five characters at any given time with no background action happening. Um, you know, when, when they decided to write background things happening, you could tell when the budget was, you know, more, uh, when there was a bigger budget for an episode, as opposed to, you know, this episode will, 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 uh, We'll do less here, you know, we'll, we'll spend less money here, and uh, it just, it, it, so many issues, and, and again, going specifically to the writing, the dialogue, the way that the, the, the way that the actors were asked to act and deliver their lines, it just did not come across, you know, everybody's motivations were, I mean, not uh usually when when a character has a motivation happening y- you should be able to sympathize or see yourself in it or be completely on the opposite end of it so you know if you're watching a movie and you're watching a serial killer for example do his thing the the hope f- through the writing is that you loathe this this person and their actions and you're hoping that they get caught so you know you're invested because you want something to happen to that person flipped the other way if it's the police officer that's chasing the serial killer you you're invested in them you want them not to get hurt you want them to uh solve all the puzzles or riddles or whatever you know solve all the clues and and catch their man or woman or whoever the killer might be <clears throat> and uh it, so you know you you just get invested but with Ahsoka there is nothing to connect to nothing to to root for uh you didn't know who the good guys were and who the bad guys were because it kept shifting uh you know it was a a hot potato moment they kept they kept handing off who the bigger jerk is uh at every at any given episode so you know sometimes it's sabine She's the bigger jerk. Sometimes it's Ahsoka. Sometimes it's the ghost of Anakin. Sometimes it's Thrawn. Sometimes it's, you know, the the two weird Jedi, non-Jedi people. Um, you just, they, they never, Dave Filoni and, and his writers never made it clear who you're supposed to be rooting for and rooting against. And a great example of this is the Ray Stevenson's character Balin, who the way that he comes across is noble. I mean, why? He he abandoned the Jedi Order. I'm assuming now he's Sith. I mean, he has no problems with killing people to achieve his goals. He's in this world, in this Ahsoka world, he is called a mercenary. A mercenary is a gun for hire, and they do whatever needs to get done. So they there's some killing to get done. There's some thievery to get done. There is some blackmailing to get done. There's whatever, you know. That's what the. But mercenaries actually are are a step above because they're not your run of the mill, you know, bad guy. They're actually military trained people that that you're 
you're hiring them to do a a number of things, whether it's to topple a government or to, you know, uh, kill someone that is difficult to kill. So you've got this Balin character and his people have been calling her a Chihuahua, which is just terrible. Like she's a very pretty girl. I don't know her name, but it's his apprentice. Uh, poor girl was just like given the short straw, man, when it comes to anything to do. Uh, her entire existence is just to be there when they need someone to get into a fight with somebody, but she has no gravity to her character. There is, we don't know anything about her. We don't ever find anything about her. We're told that she has ambition, but we're never shown that she has ambition. And again, Balin, Ray Stevenson's character, comes across as noble and wise and likable so we're supposed to what we're supposed to think he's the bad guy yet we're we're gonna root for him i, I mean during most of the show you kind of hope that he gets hit whatever whatever he's working towards you're hoping that he gets it done that he's able to achieve his goal you should never have that for a bad guy that that should not even be on the table you know that this should be yet another power hungry evil in the universe that is trying to resurrect the good old days you know of the sith and no we don't get that at all instead like i said we get somebody who's pretty likable and if he killed ahsoka it would you'd be like all right well then that just needed to happen because I, I definitely want to see the guy finish his his journey or whatever he's attempting to do, but <clears throat> where the guy becomes you know super flawed is he's uh, well, uh, you and I have been you know master and apprentice this entire time, but I don't really care for you. I trained you as a weapon, and now we're gonna part ways because I've got my agenda over on this side that for no reason you can't be a part of. There's never an explanation as to why he wouldn't be training her this entire time to take his, you know, take his side and take his place with whatever it is that he's seeking. No, instead, hey, we're on this planet now. You've got this ambition. Don't know what that ambition is. Good luck with, good luck with life. It was. Uh, thanks for being my apprentice. Uh, I will see you later. And again, the rest of the uh, the rest of the ghost crew from Rebels, the way that they are handled, I it, unrecognizable, unrecognizable completely. First of all, giant sin that they didn't even bring Zeb in, who is like one, you know the heart of, of the team. So no Zeb because you know reasons too expensive I, I guess uh, you know he's too uh, you know god forbid that they construct a uh, a suit and they put somebody in an in an alien costume and you know have it be live action nope it's got to be cg but we don't have the money for cg so we can't bring one of the most recognizable creatures uh from the show into the show just what so there's that everybody doesn't act like who they are like the people that you met on top of that the show 
has no interest in giving you any uh, background information to bring everybody up to date. So you're banking that the viewers are just going to, what, go back and watch all four seasons, uh, however many episodes, maybe 22 per episode, all four seasons, Star Wars Rebels, plus some filler uh, ones from Clone Wars to get everybody caught up. It just never made any sense. And again, the decisions that everybody was making from Sabine to, you know, Tahera to Ahsoka, at any given time, any given episode, uh, one of them was the bad guy. One of them was making horrible decisions that was putting the entire galaxy at risk. I, at least Thrawn made sense. Like, hey, I'm stuck in this other universe. I need to get back to my universe to continue my mission that was originally given me given to me by the Emperor. Like, yeah, that's that's a very simple thing to understand. Like, that motivation makes complete sense. So anything that he does when it comes to being a bad guy, quote unquote, you're you're on board. What I wasn't on board with was that he's a complete idiot at every turn. Every decision that he makes continues to diminish the amount of staff that he has on hand. And he's supposed to be a military genius. Instead, he comes off as a military dunce. <laughs> so anyway, uh, suffice it to say, I did not enjoy Ahsoka at all. I can't see a path forward for a season two. The numbers were abysmal. The uh, the criticisms, I think, were super legit uh, when it came to lack of story, lack of cohesiveness, uh, lack of, of timing. You know, it, it just... And then, you know, lack of being able to root for anybody. There, there was nobody to grab into to go, yes. And, and now, according to Dave Filoni's Star Wars, everybody is a Jedi. Everybody has the potential to be a force user. It doesn't doesn't matter that you're born with, you know, a certain amount of midichlorians. You know, everybody can be a Jedi. A rock can be a Jedi. A tree can be a Jedi. Your dog can be a Jedi. You know, so God forbid, you know, homeless people in the Star Wars universe become Jedi who have mental issues. Like, it's just, it would be a disaster. You know, it was, uh, when you establish your canon as that there is only a very, very small number of of genetically gifted people that are able to tap into something that is around and in everybody. That is around everybody, is generated by everybody, is inside everybody, but only a, a, a small, special group of people are able to actually tap into it and use it in a variety of ways. Stick to that canon because that canon makes sense. The Dave Filoni Star Wars canon makes zero sense, and it is it's it's absurd. So that is my Ahsoka review. I will be headed uh, now into uh, actually two movies that I saw: The Creator and No One Is Coming to Save You. Um, I, I will talk about those next. So now let's talk about The Creator. Um, first of all, I gotta say it's, it was super refreshing to watch something new that is not connected to anything else that is, you know, not a Marvel movie or Star Wars or whatever. Uh, just, I wouldn't say original, but I would definitely say unique. Um, I was talking and, uh, chatting back and forth through text with, uh, producer Chris from Crazy World 
And uh, he was completely right. It was basically uh, like a love letter uh, by Garth Ennis to... Uh, is that the director's name? I think that's uh, Garth Edwards, maybe. Yeah, Garth Ennis, I think, is a comic book writer. Garth Edwards uh, was the director of this new movie, The Creator, uh, which starred Denzel Washington's son, uh, Isaiah Washington, I believe is his name. I hope that I'm remembering that because it's just off the off the top of my head. But um, yeah, it was like a, a love letter to, you know, classic uh, AI slash robot sci-fi movies with a little bit of a twist in a lot of ways, you know, rather than uh, you, you having like a relentless robot that is chasing you. This is uh, more of a really a father and daughter story and a love story. You know, it's a, a story of regret. Um, the things that that you lose or you can lose because you you choose not to to be honest. Um, so there's uh, you know a lot of the movie revolves around uh, the main characters' uh, regret. And just kind of given up on on happiness. He's not given up on life. He's definitely, you know, continuing to live and do his thing. But he's definitely given up on relationships. Given up on on a type of hope that you need to you know to function as a as a fully formed human being. And uh, I don't I don't really want to spoil it, especially for anybody that would want to go be interested in going to see it. But I will say. It's definitely worth your time. I thought that the actress, the little girl that they had play the uh, robot, which you can see in the um, in the trailer, did an amazing job. And one of the things I think that was so great was the subtleness of her transformation from when you first meet her to you know by the end of the movie she becomes a like a fully realized person um and so i think you know unless i'm i'm reading it wrong reading the the uh the intent of the movie it really felt like the director asked um her in particular to start the movie playing herself one way and then as it progressed she grew into the role and and you know i don't want to use the word evolved because it wasn't it wasn't like spontaneous growth but rather connection making connection and you know that i would not consider evolution i would consider it um like an ad an adaptive uh ability in her programming to recognize importance and make connections that are uh, deep. Although you do get that with, uh, you know, you do get that sense with the other robots in the movie that are, or androids or whatever you want to call them, uh, that are fully, you know, realized. You, you do come to understand that they feel, they connect to things. And so you, you know, you, you get to see that already in existence, but you get to see her growth in real time, which was really cool. And yeah, again, everybody just, uh, they did such a great job in playing their parts. I, 
I wouldn't say, you know, one of the things that, that is like heavy, heavy, um, I don't know what the term is, like heavy handed uh, that the marketing is doing, you know, it's calling it one of the best movies of the year. And I really hate that. I, I think um, that's so subjective and it's up to the viewer and it's, you know, up to ultimately the amount of people that go out and see it. Um, so I, I, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's, it's the best movie that I saw this year, but it definitely is in my top five. I will say that I'd have to go back and take a look at all the things that I saw this year in order to, to con compare, but, uh, man, it is, yeah, it's beautifully shot. Uh, the design work is amazing. Both the, the, uh, the way that the world is portrayed and the way that the uh robots are are shown to move and and uh the way that they are you know portrayed in the real world is amazing yeah the locations is what i'm trying to say the locations and backgrounds are gorgeous um everybody brought their a game when it came to um the acting uh one of uh, i lo i love this um um musician named Sturgill Simpson, and he is in the movie for uh, a good chunk of the movie. And at first, I didn't even realize that it was him. I was like, wait a second. I, you know, by the time you get to the end of his arc in the movie, I, it, it hit me and I was like, oh, that's, that's Sturgill Simpson right there. That's crazy. I mean, great musician. And now come to find out great actor as well. And uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend going to see this in the movie theater before it leaves. I think it's worth your, your money and your time. I definitely do not recommend seeing it in theater. Uh, I think it's called something, uh, theater X or the X experience or whatever. It was like, I understand what the movie theater was trying to do, pro projecting the rest of the movie onto the sides of the walls next to you actually was really distracting to my peripheral. And I was going for something new. I was taking the wife out, you know, on a, on a movie date and man, just did not like that experience at all. I could see how it could work, but definitely did not work in this case so thankfully the you know the majority of the movie was everything that was screened and everything or, or everything that was filmed and happening was happening in front of me and not off to the side so i could for the most part ignore that but uh yeah just great movie man uh not super long i i think it was uh like two hours almost on the dot and uh you know like the uh trailers before the movie so long so it, it, that made it a two and a half hour movie where you can skip all that stuff and just show up right before the movie and you're, you'll have a great time another thing that i saw so yeah recommend uh the creator i give it five sombreros which is the highest sombrero count that i can give it i thought it was fantastic again not a perfect movie not original and yet at the same time you know, really like heartfelt moments, great action sequences, the story and the pacing were fantastic. Uh, you know, just, and, and it was, uh, you know, something new in, in the sense of it's not tied to a prior IP or, you know, some kind of trilogy thing or something, you know, so that was, that was great. 
the other thing that I got a chance to see, which I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it, was a uh, movie on Hulu. I, it was uh, like a direct-to-streaming movie uh, called No One Is Coming to Save You, I believe is the name of it. Uh, I was a little thrown off at first because I was, you know, I was, I think, 10, 15 minutes into the movie, and no one had said anything yet in the movie. And uh, once you get past that, then, I, you know, I got really comfortable with the idea that uh, nobody was going to be talking. And it, there are, like, I don't know, maybe a total of 10 words in the whole thing, something like that. And not, and not anything, like, direct at that something that is for the uh, audience to pick up, but rather they're kind of like more throwaway words that are connected to the moment of what's happening as opposed to like giving you more story. Um, but uh, this one, I, I feel like I can, um, I can spoil a little bit more. Um, one, because, you know, you wouldn't have to pay money to go see it. If you've got Hulu, it's already there. Uh, two, you might come to different conclusions that I, that I might've come, but basically, uh, the, the premise of the story is that, you know, your main, uh, person is this young girl, maybe early, early twenties. Uh, she obviously lives by herself. Uh, she's kind of like a, I don't know if you would call her a shut in, but you do the way the the movie plays out at the beginning is uh you get the sense that she's lonely and then you start to understand that it's not by choice it's that the town that she lives near because she doesn't live in town she lives outside of town but the town that she lives near actually has something against her uh either people pity her or shun her or just straight up hate her depending on who it is and um she has this uh, and the movie picks up fast. Like, you know, you they establish this awkwardness at the beginning. And, you know, I, like 10 minutes into the movie, 15 minutes into the movie, boom, you you get right into it. And, excuse me, sorry. And the, uh, the thing that you're getting into is that uh, there is an alien invasion. But at the beginning of it, you don't. You don't know if it's just one alien or if it's multiple alien. You don't know anything. You just know that there's definitely an alien thing going on. The way that they play the tension is great. The actual alien design is also fantastic. They're a little overpowered, in my opinion. Um, and and it seems like one of the one of the odd things, but kind of cool things, is that there seems to be different stages. Of alien, um, in as far as their development, you get to see like a uh, maybe a toddler, and then you see a, I guess what you would describe a, as a teenager, and then you see a fully grown one, and the fully grown ones are terrifying. I mean, they are spider-like in in the you know in the sense that they have these really long limbs. They all three um all three versions or 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 stages of the alien uh you know this these aliens that they use in this movie are um they they have the same body style but depending on where they're at and their growth level they you know they their limbs are different sizes and uh 
<clears throat> the way that they they vocalize is uh they they like they do these this twittering type of thing with like a uh, kind of like a like an exotic bird is a way that they 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 warble and twitter and um and they're actually pretty terrifying because again they're a little overpowered they have like telekinetic abilities and um they they move very strange in fact one of the one of the cool design parts of them is that they almost move as if they're out of sync with reality uh they they like constantly adjust their bones and their you know they they don't move like humans and and it's very obvious that that, that choice is done on purpose to to make them as uh off-putting as possible and they they do a great job like with with the off-putting part they also uh do a great job in kind of giving it a little bit of a twist of what you think you might know about them and then you know the way that they're portrayed at different moments and i will say this is one of those movies where it's left up to interpretation i think um normally i, I kind of don't like that in movies uh i prefer that you're a little more clear with your what your storytelling beats are and where you're trying to go with the story i will say with this one i'm actually okay with the fact that it's not super clear by the end how you should feel about what these creatures are what their what their goal is and ultimately what happens in the movie so i won't spoil everything i will say you know in it does it takes it borrows from a lot of different movies it it does the um the slasher you know it borrows from slasher films where the the main character is being chased and <clears throat> this this thing is always able to catch up with her it does uh, a little bit of sci-fi because it's you know it's the alien angle and then there's like superpowers involved on their end not on the main characters and she never develops any there's also a, a more humanizing part where you're understanding the story of where she's at and how she you know why she feels the way she does why the town feels the way they feel about her you you get to um you get to to understand that and all of this takes place without any words and then there's also an invasion of the body snatchers thing going on there's a little bit of of uh, paranoia not being able to trust other people thing so it it definitely borrowed from up you know the best of the best of genre uh, horror genre type thing and surprisingly i th think this movie's pg-13 so you know there's not any kind of like intense gore or anything like that going on um definitely something that like a 14 15 year old would be able to watch um and no language no nudity no you know uh no sexuality not nothing like that so i you know i felt like it had that going for it in the sense of like a like a good you know scary or you know and, and perfect timing too because because you know um uh, halloween so it, it it was released at the right time so i don't know i feel like hulu's been knocking out of the park when it comes to content they, they've certainly been doing a way better job than things that have been coming out on uh on disney plus 
So I, I can understand why Disney is trying to fold Hulu into, you know, Disney Plus and have it, you know, all the, that content on one, on one thing. It would certainly up their numbers. But uh, yeah, r- recommend uh, No One Is Going To Save You. I definitely would be interested to hear people's thoughts uh, on how they felt that the end was handled and what it means. And then also, same thing with the creator. I would love to hear your thoughts on on uh, the creator and, and, you know, what you guys think about that. Um, like I said, when I started out with this, uh, with this pod, you know, very disappointed with Ahsoka. The, the, uh, the ending was equally disappointing. Uh, there was so much left on the table in terms of storytelling, cohesiveness, um, what they could have done, you know, to, to make this into uh, a really great series. Uh, all of that was ignored, and I scratch my head. I'm I'm trying to understand. I feel like, um, you know, Lucasfilm just had better. I don't know a better writing team than this, and it's proven that. Uh, well, for me anyway, it's shown me that they're more interested in in visuals than they are in story. And for a long time, for me, you can give me okay or bad visuals but if the story is great you got me like you know i'm willing to go with you uh for me comic books are are very much like that even though i'm a i'm an artist and visually i'm you know that's the first thing that i go for i I follow a lot of artists and purchase a lot of uh art based on the artists i i can't just rely on the art there's got to be a good story behind it as well if there's not both going on then you know, you don't get my money. And, uh, so that I was, I would give Ahsoka overall one sombrero, you know, and, uh, maybe if that, you know, overall, every episode was, was just truly disappointing. Um, Loki season two is about to start. In fact, it begins tonight. Sure. If I'm going to watch it or not, I don't know. Um, I don't, you know, at this point, I've, I have been able to separate uh, the MCU. The first 10 years are like great, great ending to a fantastic run. I mean, literally, Endgame is the perfect bookend for me. You know, Iron Man to Endgame, fantastic bookend, super well done. That can be my MCU for the rest of my life. Don't have to worry about anything else. So, in that sense, it's not like Loki season two is going to make me hate the first ten years or any of the other things that you know the MCU has put out um, is going to make me hate what happened before. But it is tremendously disappointing to see, you know, where the storytelling has gone and how just th- there's been a lack of storytelling, a lack of purpose and direction. Uh, there's definitely been some gems in there, you know, buried deep in the MCU, but whoo. So yeah, I don't know yet. Uh, I will definitely get back to you guys with that. I mean, you'll know by the next one, if I start reviewing episode one of Loki, but I'm just not, I'm not sure yet. I don't know. So anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being with me on this journey. I hope everybody's having a great one. I hope you have a great month. I hope you have a great weekend. Love you guys. Please share this. Please 
you know, leave some comments if you can. Um, but share this with your friends. I would appreciate uh, any, you know, a, a, any um, uh, sharing on social media. That would be fantastic. Love you guys. Drink your water, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables, and I will talk to you soon. Bye.